As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to Prospects to Pros on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Dane Brugler, as always, with Lance Erline. Uh, on today's show, no more combine. We need to touch on that, what that means for the league and the draft process. Plenty of Senior Bowl storylines to get to and talk about. And then I dropped my top 100 today uh, on the Athletics, so we can uh, you know talk about that a little bit. Maybe what Lance disagrees with, some of the guys that I had trouble with. You know, it's tough doing those, just a general ranking, so... You know, plenty of things we can talk about with that top 100, but let's let's start with that combine news. It's been rumored for a while. Um, it was announced this week. There's no more this year. There will be no more in-person combine due to the pandemic. Uh, instead, the league is working to create some type of regional system for the medical information, the workouts, uh, and then the the interviews, the psychological testing, things like that. That will mostly be done virtually. Um, you know, the pro days will be a big part of this as well. So. You know, Lance, it's going to be a very weird year to not have that annual trip to Indianapolis uh, in the dead of winter. You know, I've been going the last 10 years or so, so it's certainly become an important part of my process. And not only for what happens, you know, in Lucas Oil Stadium on the field, but also, you know, what you learn behind the scenes uh, at night, you know, at dinner, drinks afterwards, everything that happens in Indianapolis that week. It's just, it's, you know, the Combine is really the second biggest event the NFL has uh, besides the Super Bowl. So what are your uh, immediate thoughts on this news? Well, I think it's, um, you know, last year we were in the midst of the pandemic and I mean, we're still in it, but hopefully more of the, you know, coming up on the tail end at some point soon. But last year we had the Combine and this year we're not going to. And so, um, you know, many players were hurt. As a matter of fact, uh, do you remember Tyler Higby, the tackle mm-hmm. guard out of uh michigan state last year yeah so he's interning at my radio station right now and i was talking to him yesterday uh, he's from houston i was talking to him a little bit about the process last year and he's he's slim right now i mean slim, relatively he's like 280 but he looks incredible um and he just said that he's going to get back up to 305 and go get into a camp. We talked about last year. I said, what happened with you last year? I remember you weren't drafted. He said, well, he said, you know, I didn't get invited to the combine, 
So I never got a chance to do my, my pro day, never got a chance to test. And he was, you know, he's a pretty good athlete. And so, um, you know, he's an example just right there in my, uh, right here in my own office area from a radio standpoint of a guy who, you know, lost out on a chance to maybe get into a camp and, and not having the medicals is a really big deal. So they're going to have a limited amount of players. From what I understand, it's going to be close to, to 200. And so it's going to be a lot lower is what I'm hearing from. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned that earlier. I didn't, I didn't think you mentioned a number, but I'm hearing about 200 medical. Well, that still leaves out a chunk of players who would be a drafted and be in consideration as PFAs. So I think that's going to be a really big deal. Um, the psychological testing and, and, and medicals, I mean, they're just so important. They're oh, yeah. so important. I am curious to see how the workouts are going to go. Are they just going to be strictly pro days? Or, you know, are they going to try to put their own workouts together individually with the with a league uh, step in and try to keep some uniformity to it? Will it just be the wild west of, you know, like we had last year with guys just taping? Obviously, in person stuff happens a lot more now. Last year it was all, you know, your remote sites and everything was on YouTube. So, um, but I, I get a lot of info, as you mentioned. It's the discussions with team personnel and scouts and and people just like yourself who you get different perspectives, you get different information, and it is part it one hundred percent is is a big part of the process. But then you know I really did get something out of watching certain players. I'll give you an example. I thought Justin Herbert last year when he was on the field at the combine throwing, and this is after the Senior Bowl. I thought. Wow, you know, Justin Herbert really has a little something when the ball comes out. I mean, you can you could feel it, you could you could hear it, you could feel it. The same thing I thought was true with Carson Wentz. There's something about quarterbacks being able to compete against each other where you've you got a natural ability to stack them against each other as they're throwing that really kind of crystallizes, in many cases, certain stackings that you weren't sure about. And so we're going to miss that. We're going to miss it with offensive linemen, with wide receivers, with you know running backs. And that's a big part of how I evaluate because it does help me determine you know my stacking. And sometimes it will open my eyes to either limitations or non-physical limitations that I might have thought I saw on uh, on tape. No, that's a great point. And, you know, a great example. I remember the 2013 combine. Uh, that was my, probably my third or fourth combine. So I was still getting my feet wet and understanding, you know, how everything worked. And, uh, you know, I was in the stadium watching the offensive tackles work out. And I remember seeing Eric Fisher and Luke Jokel, uh, you know, alphabetical order. So they were back to back. They're going through all these drills back to back, back to back. And it became clear to me, wow, Eric Fisher is by far the better athlete here. And the movement skills and seeing these guys, being able to compare them back to back like that. I mean, I left Lucas Oil Stadium that day and I tweeted it. I have the tweet favored uh, or favored it on my bookmarks. Uh, okay, Eric Fisher, he's going to be the number one pick over Luke Jokel because of just because I know what I was seeing. NFL teams are seeing that too. And when you have guys that are similar, the guy with the better athleticism is going to get the get the nod. And so, no, I think that's that's a great point. And you know, think we will have the Senior Bowl next week. That's going to you know, Senior Bowl is always important. Now it's going to take on even more importance with, uh, you know, what Jim Nagy and his crew are able to do, uh, you know, bringing 
about 120, 125 players uh, to Mobile. You know, it's something that is going to factor in quite a bit with with no combine and just the uncertainty of what these pro days are going to look like. And you know, with the combine, uh, you know, you mentioned the medicals. That's that's why the combine exists. That's why it's so important. You know, contrary to you know everything, everyone talking about 40s and all that. That's important, but not as important as the medicals. You know, they go through everything. It's it's blood work. It's uh, you know stress tests. It's it's knees. It's shoulders. It's you know joint movement. I mean, they they do so many thorough examinations that lets you know what's going on with each player's body, and that's that's a big factor in uh, you know who ultimately gets drafted where. The psychological testing, and not just the wonderlick, but tests that go beyond that. And then I think the in-person interviews, that's such a big deal. Like when you think about the combine, it's such a grueling event for these players. If you talk to guys that are in the NFL right now, 98% of them will say if they could do the combine over again, they wouldn't do it. They were just happy to get it done with and out of the way. And that's kind of the point. It's a grueling week. It makes them uncomfortable. But it reveals a lot. You know, you have to go through the train station through all those interviews. You have to go to hotel rooms for the formal interviews where teams have, you know, a, a full staff uh, sitting there with a TV with your worst plays queued up so they can pick you apart and you have to go through it and tell them, okay, well, this is what I saw. This is what happened. I mean, it's, it's just a grueling four days for those players. And so not having it this, this year is just, it's going to be very different for these players. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, you talk about the, it is grueling. I think it's designed to be that way. So they're challenged, they're uncomfortable. Um, it, it, it can alert you to attitude to, mm-hmm. it can, it, frankly, all of these teams are looking for tells. It's like a, it's like a game of poker. A lot of these players are, be, you know, a lot of the players are just, this is who they are. And like a Patrick Mahomes, when he went in, I, I got a chance to talk to Brett Veach about this a couple years ago. Um, right after he was drafted, I guess three years ago and uh, four years ago, and he didn't, you know, there was, he was just the same Patrick Mahomes as ever. But there are a lot of guys who have been coached up. Okay, this is what you got to answer, and they're figuring out if they want to diminish certain things about their their past or if they're going to be honest. and And so, what will happen is it becomes a game of poker where where teams are really trying to get tells on. Uh, on certain players and trying to figure out who they are, not necessarily in a negative way. They're just trying to unearth who they really are because so much of what happens now is a grooming process to where you're not sure if you're getting the right guy or if someone's really showing you the face that they've been taught to show you so that they can get into your building. And then you might get a different kind of guy personality wise. Yeah. And basically the combine comes down to, collecting as much data points as possible on players. That, that's what the combine comes down to in a lot of different categories. And having everything in Indianapolis allowed teams to do it in a neat, tidy way. Now, this year, it's just going to be very spread out. And you're going to have to wonder, okay, pro days at certain campuses, are they, you know, what's, you know, fast tracks and the different elements. And, you know, it's just, it's not going to be as, as uniform. And so, um, there's just going to be a lot of lot of different uh, intriguing elements to this, and I think the other point, part of the combine is that's where a lot of deals get done. Agents and team, you know, technically they're not supposed to meet yet, but a lot of free agent deals get uh, kind of the groundwork gets done 
at the combine uh, between general managers and agents and coaches get involved and and everything. So it's just it's going to be a very very different type of off season that uh, you know is it's just going to make things a little more challenging and just you know kind of going to continue the. Uh, the weirdness of this year, but that's kind of par for the course. We're kind of used to it now. Uh, but that, like I mentioned earlier, that makes the Senior Bowl that much more important. And let's kind of pivot to that game, talk a little bit about what we're looking forward to next week uh, down in Mobile, Alabama. It's going to be uh, interesting when there's just a little more pressure on these players to perform, knowing they don't have a combine to compete at. Uh, They don't know what the pro days are going to look like. So maybe a little bit more uh, of a competition level during Senior Bowl week, during the practices. You know, the one-on-ones are going to be great. Uh, it'll be it'll be great to interview these guys. This is where the coaches start to get involved from NFL teams. It's their for a lot of those guys their their first impression to these players. So you know, as we look forward to Senior Bowl next week, what are the kind of the top things that you're looking for? Well, um, I really want to see what the competition level looks like. I want to see guys who haven't competed, like Spencer Brown and mm-hmm. David Moore on the offensive line, Jamie Newman at quarterback. Yeah. yeah, I want to see the I I mean honestly my the opt outs are a big, big part of it to me. Oh, I know yeah. Quincy Avery's working with uh, the quarterback coach of Deshaun Watson for example. And um, I really I really want to see how Jamie Newman looks. He didn't play this year. I think there's some holes in his game and I who knows? I mean a lot of players improve. I thought Mac Mac Jones clearly improved his stock from last year. Joe Burrow mm-hmm. shot his through the absolute roof. Who knows what would have happened if Jamie Newman had played this year. So I really want to see him. I want to see Spencer Brown, who I'm very high on from. Uh, I think people are sleeping on him, and I don't think they're going to be sleeping on him uh, much longer. Once they once they see him, he, is, he, he has a great body. He's, he's very quick, very athletic. I want to see how strong he is when he's bull rushed in one-on-one stuff. Um you know, there's there's just the, I want to see the opt outs, and then as always, I think there's nothing there's nothing that's individually like you know any kind of changes to the format. I'm not worried about that. What I want to see um, is what I want to see every year: one on one competition. Because Terry McLaurin, I'll give you an example, and you know this too, Dane. Um, Terry McLaurin. So KJ Hill had a good year last year, and everyone said, "Oh, he's this year's Terry McLaurin." But he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin was special. I, like I didn't see all that in his tape, and I watched him work with Boyd from was it Chris Boyd from University of Texas. Yeah, the corner. Uh, yeah, I was watching him work with the corners, and he was showing two of the corners who he was going against what he was doing with his his press release, and he was actually helping guys that were on his own team to understand what his press release was, which I've never seen that. Like, I'd never seen that, and he was just off to the side showing them, and he was so good, and he has carried it over to the NFL. Like, what we saw at the Senior Bowl, to me, was a lot better than what we saw on tape, and let's face it, I, I think the Ohio State offense sometimes, you don't always get a true feel for who some of these receivers are, so I love when guys show who they are out at the Senior Bowl and really make you say, oh, I got to go back and rewatch this guy. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and that's, you know, who will be this year's Terry McLaurin? Uh, the guy that, you know, had a good college career, but, you know, once you get him in an environment like this where he has a chance to shine, uh, you know, who could that be? And the opt outs are going to be huge. You mentioned Jamie Newman. I think right now he's probably somewhere in the, four to six range in terms of round, like where he's projected to go. Um, and senior bowl, how he performs 
will certainly uh, influence that. You know, a couple other opt-outs like uh, Nico Collins from Michigan, who is a good-sized athlete. He can win downfield. He's not going to easily uncover, but he's still a big athlete. Uh, you know, there, there's some juice there. Ambry Thomas uh, out of Michigan, a, a big athletic bump and run corner. You know, there, there's there's a few of these guys. Uh, you know, the, some of these juniors that opted out, like, you know, Penny Sewell, Jamar Chase, they're not really going to be affected by opting out. But some of these seniors, that this is where the senior bowl uh, is going to be really important. They're kind of putting all their eggs in this basket. And so how they perform next week uh, in Mobile will, will certainly play a part. Um, and you mentioned the small school guys, uh, like Spencer Brown, who I like. I think he's a top 100 player. My big question was some of the power stuff. And that's where you know he'll be able to I'll either be impressed or I'll say, okay, well, that's what I was worried about. And that that's going to influence where Spencer Brown ends up uh, in the rankings. Um, and it's not just him. It's Robert Rochelle from Central Arkansas, who his tape's very up and down. He, he's not a technically sound player, but he's long and he's athletic. Uh, good character guy. So, you know, Robert Rochelle has a chance to uh, help himself. David Moore, who you mentioned from Grambling, uh, the guard who uh, is not, he's under 6'2". Not the most impressive uh, you know, height, but he he's long. He's got almost 34 inch arms. He's he's an athlete. He carries his 320 pounds fairly well. Works well in space. How is he going to adjust to the power, uh, the speed of uh, better competition uh, during practice? So, uh, so especially these small school guys. You know, the Wisconsin Whitewater kid. Uh, eager to see him as well. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of intrigue with those guys. We, we've seen it before. Ali Marpet. Or you know, last year was Barch on on the offensive line or on defense. It was it was Duggar and Jeremy Chin, and so you know these small school players. That's where uh, you know there's a lot of intrigue when you put them on the stage with the better better competition to see if they wilt or if they rise to the top. I mean, I don't know that I can add anything to that. I think the one thing that I'm going to miss being at the Senior Bowl uh, this year, I, I've decided uh, not to go. Just I wasn't sure it was going to benefit me enough for for right now, so I'm going to monitor from afar. And and I always had a hard time getting to really ever getting to. I think maybe once or twice getting to the weigh-ins because you also mm-hmm. get a sense of the you know what type of physical specimens these players are at the weigh-in. You don't get to see that at the combine, but you do get to see it at senior bowl if you have I mean, you know, if you have if you have a um, you know, if you're accredited to get into that. But I don't know if that's even is that even going to be available. You know, those are one of those things that when you go, I haven't even thought about is that going to be available to the general media who is covering this? Are you going to get to see it? Are you just going to get the numbers? You know, it's things like that. The walk across Mm -hmm. the stage, that's a big deal. If you looked apart, NFL people automatically will subconsciously or very consciously, they'll be prepared to bump you up their draft boards based on if you look great. Similarly, if you don't, that can hurt you too. Yeah, it's if someone got a hold of my notes uh, after a weigh-in, it's... It's very awkward taken out of context with some of the <laughs> the details, um, some of the you know descriptive words that you use, but it helps paint the picture, and you know that's it's something that matters. And unfortunately, yeah, the the media we will not be 
uh, av- we, w- we won't have access to the weigh-ins. That will all be done behind closed doors, you know, with uh, only a few personnel from the NFL. So, I mean, even th- there's plenty in the, not everybody from the NFL with teams will be allowed in for that. So there's a lot of, and no more Lad People Stadium this year. It's all at South Alabama's campus. So uh, this year, for a lot of different reasons, is going to look very different at the Senior Bowl. One other storyline with the Senior Bowl I want to hit on was, Mac Jones deciding to go and compete. That's a big deal for him. Um, you know, we, teams want to see him removed from the Alabama team, the talent around him. Uh, you know, it's kind of weird to say that you want to see him removed from that and play at an all-star game where it's nothing but future draft picks. But he might be, uh, you know, going down a peg in terms of the talent around him that's going to be uh, in Mobile compared to what he had in Tuscaloosa. So uh, not only that, but just you want to see him in a, you know, just a new offense with new coaching and uh, a different environment. Uh, you know, you want to see, is the was he a product of his environment or is he a big reason for Alabama's success this year? It's, it's hard to, you know, figure out where he is on the spectrum just by watching his tape. I like Mac Jones a little bit more than you do. Um, I don't think that he's a slam dunk first round pick by any means, but I do think if he goes to Mobile and sh- you know shows out uh, and, and you know plays like we've seen him play the last uh, you know four months, it, it, it's going to be hard for the first round to come and go and him not be included. I actually uh, I went back and watched the um, the national championship game. Mm-hmm. Well, I watched both of the the playoff games. And I saw a couple things on there that said, you know what, I'm going to take him from a from in the six one, a high six one, uh, which would be like a low end starter into more of an average starter, you know, just just kind of a starter in the NFL, a six two, which I don't think is dismissive of him at all. Is that like an really Andy Dalton don't. type grade? Uh, yeah, sure, okay. absolutely. That would be like a Dalton grade, and I think that he will go. For me personally, I think once everything's said and done. Depending on how teams view these pass rushers, because I I, see, I happen to think that they have a lot of upside, but mm-hmm. they are a little bit raw and uh, unfinished. There are some very interesting guards in this draft. I think if Landon Dickerson goes in the first, now you've got a center who is going to be, you know, going in the first round if that happens. How te- how teams view the cornerback position? I think there's some wild card positions that could potentially, if some quarterbacks fall, then you could see other quarterbacks push. Now, you know, Jordan Love got pushed back and Mac Mac Jones has substantially better tape than Jordan Love did his last year. He doesn't have the physical tools and dimensions and and I would say Jordan Love had Jordan Love was drafted on his 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 tape uh you know the the year before, but Mac Jones has exceptional tape. What's going to hurt him is going to be perception of talent around him really uplifting his game. But the reality is, you know, if you play with a bunch of other guys at the senior bowl, you can dispel some of those, some of those concerns. So I'm really glad he's there because it's going to answer some questions. How does he work on, you know, what's the arm talent look like when he's going Uh one-on-one, but there's a little better competition between wide receiver and cornerback. Cause that's what, that's what, that's what he's going to see. He's going to be like, Holy crap. I didn't see, passing windows this tight this isn't what i saw at alabama so how how he adjusts to it i think is going to say a lot about mac yeah no question uh and, and you mentioned you know seeing uh herbert how the ball came off his hand uh you know obviously mac jones doesn't have that type of arm 
but it'll still be important to see how the ball uh, comes off his hand, uh, you know, compared to the other quarterbacks that are, are going to be down there and just, just making that comparison. And, you know, how does he do efficiency wise? Uh, it, yeah, there's a lot we can learn from Mac Jones, uh, even though he's coming off, you know, one of the best uh, quarterback seasons, uh, you know, a top five quarterback season the last, uh, you know, 25 years. So it, it's still, there's there's plenty we can learn from him um, next week at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I'm also, you know, Devontae Smith's going to be down there. He will not be participating. Um, still working his way back from that thumb injury that he suffered in the national title game. But uh, what a shrewd move by Devontae Smith to accept his Senior Bowl invite. He's going to be on the Dolphins roster. So he's getting that FaceTime with uh, the Dolphins coaching staff. And who, who knows? Jamar Chase, he might never get FaceTime with that Dolphins coaching staff throughout the, at least one-on-one in person. He might not get that outside of, you know, a Zoom calls and things like that. Whereas, you know, he's going to have, Devontae Smith's going to have a full week with the coaches and some members of the front office, and they'll get to know him very well, uh, get to know more about him. And that's something that is invaluable and, and a really smart move on his part. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Dane, who are the uh, quarterbacks uh, for the Panthers? Right now, uh, with what we know, Kellen Mond, Kyle Trask, Jamie Newman, and then Jim Nagy did tweet this week that Mac Jones will be uh, on the uh, Carolina roster as well. Okay, so that's to your point about Devontae Smith and and the Dolphins. That could be an interesting uh, look for you know, I've, it's funny, I've always kind of compared Mac Jones to a poor man's Joe Burrow in terms of the way he took off this year, his accuracy, um, his poise throwing deep. And, and, you know, here he is getting to work with Joe Brady and getting to work with uh, Matt Rule. So that could be a very interesting pairing between uh, Joe Brady and Rule and Mac Jones, that could that could really make for an interesting look for the uh, for the Panthers. And if and if Mac Jones has a big week, just to further play on that point, then all of a sudden a team who might be in the market for a quarterback and maybe even in the first round, that may be something they take a look at. So that's always something to keep your eyes on. Draft pl- the teams who coach the players. You should always scour the rosters. Mm-hmm. because they're going to take somebody off that roster. Somebody off that senior bowl roster is going to end up on one of their teams, and many times it'll be you know two and three because they really get to feel like they know those players. And especially this year. Uh, you know, it, it would not be shocking, especially a guy like Matt Rule, who we know how much 
culture matters to him and character and how that fit is within his program. So absolutely. And maybe that that is a fit with the quarterbacks. It's going to be really interesting with Mac Jones because you have these teams in the first round. There, there's plenty of teams that could use a quarterback. And it's just it's it's going to be interesting who's going to be left without the chair. And, you know, who falls in love with the Mac Jones? Do they do it uh, or are they going to be feel comfortable taking him in the top 25? Uh, it's just it, there's a lot of intrigue, a lot of things that we just don't know at this point that hopefully the the senior bowl uh will help answer so uh a lot to look forward to next week i'll be down in mobile uh we'll do some type of wrap up uh podcast next week going over practices uh you know what what i'm seeing down there what's the buzz who's playing well who's not plenty to talk about so look for that uh next week uh before we wrap up today though let's let's hit on my top 100 uh, so this this is up on the athletic if you want to view the whole thing lance i know you you took a look mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, no big, no huge surprises, I would say. Um, but as you kind of went through it, were there any any guys in the first, you know, fifty maybe that caught your eye as a surprise? Someone that I have too too low compared to where you see him, or maybe too high? Um, you know, I, I look at number thirteen, Micah Parsons, yep. and, and I think from a talent standpoint, you have to really strongly consider him in the top, in at least the top eight. And maybe even higher. It's watching him play is like watching a bigger version of Saquon Barkley with his, you know, the the legs look exactly the same. He's got the same loose hips. He's got the start stop ability. Um, He's not going to miss many tackles ever. He looks like Bobby Wagner. I mean, like just that that, that body type and the move. I mean, Bobby Wagner, people forget he blew up his workout, how athletic he was. And Parsons is going to do the same thing. He's not, I'm not putting him on that level. Um, as a player just yet, but as a as a specimen and as uh, a prospect, you know, there's there, there's that potential. Yeah, I would say um, I would say personally that uh, in real life, I think he's a he's a better player than number thirteen where you have him. But the fact mm-hmm. is, there are some some character concerns. Oh yeah, and so I think dropping him down is is potentially could potentially be a little bit more accurate. To where he ends up getting drafted, and I think that's a that's the unfortunate part for for Micah Parsons. And teams are really going to have a lot of questions for him when they do get their opportunity to talk to him. But I think from a talent standpoint, he's worthy of being higher than thirteen. The next guy, Jeremiah Awusu uh, Koromoa, I I just am in love with his potential. He's 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 got blazing speed. He has just this really maniacal downhill aggression that I really, really like in the body of kind of more of a Derwin James mold. But I think he's got a chance to be an unbelievable blitzer and maybe even edge rusher because he can bend and corner. And and I I think that could be a big part of who he is and what he's doing, like, uh, you know, Baker's doing with – Jerome Baker's doing with – with the Dolphins, I think the, the question on him is going to be, can he play under control? But he's going to have a big combine. I think, that, like I said, I'm betting on the traits, and I he's higher up on my board. But based on the tape, I think you're pretty accurate. The one that I'm, I'm kind of curious about is where you have uh, Joseph Asai. I I wanted to love Joseph Asai. I didn't see enough twitch. And, you know, frankly, this is one of the concerns with Gregory Rousseau as well. I think both these guys, bigger, longer guys, although you'd swear Asai's at least 6'5", and he's not. He's 6'3". But 
Rousseau is a longer guy with with better physical measurements. But Asai, you know, I don't I, I, I struggle with am I seeing flashes that are gonna convert on the next level, or am All I right. seeing flashes that are too much for the level of competition he played? Like I struggle with Osai right now. Yeah, no, I think that's fair because um, you don't see much variety in his rush. You know, he is, you know, just a guy that you wind up and let go and his motor just beats you down and wears you out. But there are a lot of times where he struggles to harness that energy. And, you know, there's a lot of wasted steps. He'll find himself too far upfield. You know, he's an inconsistent, you know, low run defender at times. He doesn't necessarily have that that first step burst that just jumps off the tape. Uh, you know, he's a guy that will win with his play personality and the, the, the pursuit. He's probably one of the best, if not the best, uh, pursuit player in this draft. So he, he is tough, uh, to figure out exactly where he goes. Uh, you know, because there's plenty to like about him, but there, there are some things missing when you talk about prospects. And I think that's the toughest part about doing, you know, a general draft board like this is fit with different schemes. And then trying to factor in the medical, the character, you know, guys that have character stuff, you know, like uh, Kadarius Tony, he's got his character stuff. He's got to get figured out. Jalen Phillips uh, out of Miami, the pass rusher, is a guy that teams keep. When I talk to teams about him, character is one of the first thing that pops up with him. Yeah, with with the the medicals, you know, like Landon Dickerson. Landon Dickerson's a first round pick. All right, uh, in terms of the tape, uh, it just it unbelievable tape, first round quality tape, but. I, I just I don't know how you factor in all of the durability stuff and especially coming off the the most recent ACL um it's just Isn't hard to figure three, out are, are these three ACLs or is this just three injuries it's two ACLs one on both uh, his left and his right and then he's he's had multiple ankle uh issues yeah. from Florida State days so That's right. it, you know it's just uh, at what point do you say that, you know, he's just, he's not going to be healthy for us? And I hope he does because he's one heck of a player. I had more fun watching his tape than some of these wide receivers. I mean, I don't usually say that about you know, center. Um, you know, I'm not crazy like you. Welcome so, to our world from the Joe Moore Awards. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I enjoy, yeah, no, I enjoy uh, evaluating offensive linemen, but not to the level of, of you guys. Uh, but Landon Dickerson, uh, I, I enjoyed that. That was fun. So that, trying to figure out where he goes, that that's a little tough. Um, you know, Mac Jones is another one. He, he came in at number 40 for me um, on this board. Yeah, I was surprised how many offensive linemen I did end up having in in my top 100. I think it was like 21. Total. I think they may get pushed up, but are these are these kind of your top one, like how you rank them, or is this how you see them kind of uh, going in the draft? Like uh, you know, these 100 guys, I believe, will go in the top 100 a projection like that, or are you saying this is kind of how I see them? It's kind of how I see them, uh, again, which is tough because when we don't have a specific scheme or roster to scout for, it just, it makes, there's a lot of generalities. And so I, I try to do it that way where these are just the top 100 players I see and then just try to, you know, I, I try to tier them and then try to stack them. And that's obviously, I, I mean, I, you know, uh, you know, uh, better than most how, how tough that could be. You know, Alex Leatherwood, he's another interesting one who I'm glad he's going to be at tackle. 
um, at the Senior Bowl, uh, a chance to see him because that's that's one of the questions I know a lot of teams have. He's he's a guard on a lot of boards around the league, and some still see him as a tackle. But we're going to be able to see him one on ones at tackle in Mobile, so that that will certainly help. But some of these offensive linemen are are really interesting when you talk about like a Jackson Carmen from Clemson, who I've got kicking inside to guard, or you know a Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma, who I, I don't think is necessarily as good as a lot of people. You know, think he is out there uh, just in terms as a prospect, but he's still a quality player. And so trying to figure out uh, where he fits in here. James Hudson from Cincinnati. Uh, it's just a fascinating story. A defensive lineman at Michigan and transfers to Cincinnati. Uh, plays one season at left tackle and really put really intriguing tape on the film. And it's just you see a balanced player who looks like his best football is in front of him. But Again, makes it tough to figure out where he stacks. Walker Little, another one. Spencer Brown, you know. So it's just a, it's a really interesting group of offensive line. Deontay Brown, who I like a lot more than I thought I would, uh, compared to what we saw over the summer and just his maturation throughout the year. So these offensive linemen are really interesting. I'm gonna throw a name at you that I'm looking to see if he's in there. I, I doubt that he's in there. Um, and I haven't really, yeah, I've heard some stuff about him, but I think maybe we're a little too disrespectful to him and I'm, I'm just double checking. Okay. What about Paulson Mm. Adebo? Yep. He was one of the first out. No one has talked about him. Yeah. One of the first out. No one's talked about him for literally ever. He had an amazing 2018 in 2019. He wasn't as good. He had a hit a very, I thought he battled. I thought it was a pretty good battle between he and Isaiah Hodgins from Oregon state. Um, He had a really bad game against Gabriel Davis. It turns out Gabriel Davis, just a damn good wide receiver. The Mm -hmm. Buffalo bills picked up a really shrewd. It was a really shrewd draft pick of a guy who's got some uh, intriguing vertical skills. I'm not sure that I'm really ready to give up on Paulson Adebo like some other people are. I think there's some, the ball skills, the length, um, if he can run, which I guess I don't even know if we'll find that out because will anyone in the state of California have a pro day? I don't know. Hmm. But I think no. Paulson Adebo, who's not in your top 100, I'm kind of curious if he finds his way back onto the, the national radar at all. Yep, he was one of the first because I have a fourth round grade on him. So uh, he was one of the first out for me on this list uh, as I kind of whittled it down. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said. He's tall. He's long. Um, I thought he was a pretty good tackler. There's some definitely some stiffness in his lower body. And so it's just, you know, because if he gives up, if he has a, a false step, it's it's really tough for him to recover. But, you know, is he the type of corner where, you know, you, you put him in a cover three and you, you let him, uh, you know, kind of take the, the Richard Sherman route? to the NFL if it would would that work for him and so I think he's a little scheme specific but he he's a guy that yeah he's been out of sight out of mind after not playing this year uh, and having such a rough season last year uh as uh because he's what a redshirt sophomore uh, a year ago when he played so he he is I, I'm, I'm glad you brought him up because he's a name that we need to keep on the radar and you know that's that's one of those guys that is is going to be hurt by not having a combine, uh, by not having a chance to work out and getting some one-on-one time with teams, and you know it's he's one of those opt-outs that this is going to hurt. Your your number forty-seven is one of the guys that I think could push way up that chart and into the potentially into the twenties, and that's Levi uh, mm-hmm. on on Wuzurike, who. Yep. 
there are some flashes from him where you say, whoa, now this looks a lot different. The problem is getting the consistency from the big game to the not-so-big game, the motor doesn't always stay cranked all the time. So you'd like to see that same level of ferocity unleashed in every single game that you watch. But he's got a lot of talent, I think. Uh, agree. Uh, another opt-out who, you know, he was kind of buried a little bit because he he played nose tackle in uh, Washington's three-man front. So, you know, he, he's facing plenty of doubles. And, you know, the stat sheet is not filled up with impact plays. Uh, but it's when you watch the tape and see how he was used, you kind of understand. But the violence that he plays with, uh, he, he rushes with burst, with power, with energy. Uh, I mean, he can get up field before blockers even know what to do with him. So I agree. he's He could be one of these guys that really shines uh, at the Senior Bowl in one-on-ones when he's going one-on-one against, you know, Wisconsin Whitewater. And that's that's going to be a tough assignment for anybody to block. So I, I agree with you. On, on, on with Zerke. All right, let me try that again. On Zerike. On Zerike, there you go. Uh, he He's a guy, when you look at this defensive tackle class, you know, I think Christian Barmore is the top guy. And then, you know, Davion Nixon is a, is a good player. I don't, I don't necessarily see the... You can have him. Yeah, I don't necessarily see the slam dunk first round pick that some people do. I don't um, either. Yeah, I, I don't even ask him to two gap. I mean, that's <laughs> not going to happen at all. But I do think that uh, Onzerike is a guy that uh, he, he's he's a top three defensive tackle in this class, and it's just kind of figuring out okay, what's the proper value for him? Okay, so I would, based on your uh, how you have him, I would flip personally. I would flip forty eight and sixty two. Your 48, um, I like, didn't like him as much this year. Your 62, and I'll let you tell everybody who it is. Your 62, to me, I see I see some short area stuff that looks like Antonio Brown. I see some toughness that looks a lot like um, Tyler Lockett. I, and there are times I think I see uh, some Sterling Shepard as well. I really like your 62 a lot, and I'll let you tell people who that is. Yeah, that's Elijah Moore from Ole Miss, who uh, I agree. I like him, too. He's just it's tough in that Ole Miss offense because, you know, how many what percentage of his snaps were within five yards of the line of scrimmage? You know, a high, high number, you know, and so it's it's tough to get a great sense of his tracking skills, how just how good of a route runner is he if it's not, uh, you know, he did he did run a few double moves. But, you know, there are some things with him that, you know, in terms of him uncovering down the field, because he's not a big guy. He's, no. you know, 5'9", and, you know, he's, he's that that's just not how, that's not his game. But, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, he, he led the country in catches this year. He averaged over 10 yards a catch. He's also extraordinarily tough. Like, yeah, he, he took shots to the face. I mean, he didn't seem to mind. He has really good hands, too. He can do a great job of hanging on to it. You know, it's, 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 it's. Not funny, but he is going to be remembered. We're saying Elijah Moore, and there are people saying, I don't know him. That's the guy from the Egg Bowl that acted like he was a dog and pretended to pee after a touchdown. They got penalized. The kid missed the extra point. Ole Miss loses. And um, that's, to me, after I watched the tape, that's not what I remember him any, any, for anymore. I thought his footwork to get in and out of breaks was fantastic. I saw toughness. I saw an ability to make yards after the catch. Um, I really liked the way he worked his intermediate routes. He will go over the middle. That's not a problem for him. I just came away extremely um, 
extremely excited about Elijah Moore. The guy that that I'm I'm light on that that I know DJ likes a lot and you like him quite a bit too is Tutu Atwell. And I, I know he's really, really fast. I know he can get open running down the field. I want to see if he can play tougher um, underneath. I want to see him make the contested catches. I want to see him show that that uh, look, fast guys make it in the NFL. I'm not saying they don't, but this is a really thin fast guy. So you're going to have to show more what than do you think just he is, like 175 pounds. What do you what do you think? I, I think I think he's lighter than that. Yeah. I, if you tell me he's he's heavier. Than Devontae Smith, I say there's no chance in the world. And I don't think Devontae Smith, if Devontae Smith can get to 175 and actually runs on the same date, that's a huge win for him. I think Tutu Atwell might be 170, might be 170. Now, he's going to run into four threes. He's going to run just exceptionally fast. But, you know, playing wide receiver is more than just running fast. And the other wide receiver stuff, I was not a huge fan. I didn't see as much competitiveness this year as I wanted to see on certain types of throws. So that's just where I am. I mean, if you're going to be small, you better be really exceptional at something. And he is with, you know, with speed. But contested catches, that's going to be no good for him because he's just so small. This wide receiver group is so uh, so interesting. Like you know, a guy that I love, Dwayne Eskridge out of Western Michigan. Like that, the, he's in that mix too. Where there's just there, you know, Tutu Atwell, Amari Rogers, Elijah Moore, uh, Tylen Wallace, Dwayne Eskridge. There's a, a a bunch of these guys grouped together that it's it's going to be tough to really stack them and get a, a great sense for you know, who's the better player because they're asked to do so many different things and so much will depend on where they end up, how they're used and just the overall fit. So it's, this wide receiver class is really, really interesting. And I think there will definitely be fluctuation throughout the the process as we go to try and figure them out. So uh, everyone check out uh, the top 100 on the athletic. It's up there to uh, you tell me how wrong I am and, and where where I'm wrong and what I need to fix. And I'll make sure and do that next time. So, all right, well, that'll do it for this week's Prospects to Pros. Uh, you can find Lance at Lance Zerline. I'm at DP Brugler on Twitter. We really appreciate it when you subscribe, rate, and comment. Uh, and next week we'll be uh, doing a wrap-up show uh, from Mobile uh, at the Senior Bowl. So check us out then. Thanks. Thanks.